Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning into episode 6 of Monster Hour. We actually decided not to do an intermission this episode because there just wasn't a good spot to cut away from the action. And we would never subject you, our dear listeners, to the real monster that is a poorly timed ad break. So before I jump in, I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody who has helped spread the word about the show. It's been a few weeks since we launched, and since then we've heard from a number of folks who have never played Monster of the Week or listened to an actual play podcast who are really enjoying it. And we would love to bring more of those folks into the Monster Hour community. So if you're enjoying the show and you haven't already done so, I hope you'll consider leaving us a rating and review or recommending us to a friend, because it really is the best way to help new folks find out about the show. And speaking of the show, I think it's about time we got to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. Joining me today are Kyle. Hi, I'm playing Alvin the Monstrous. Tio. Hello, I'm playing Constance the Expert. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'm playing JR the Crooked. Last time, you all rendezvoused at the Prospector, where JR had had an encounter with the Strigoi. You then uh, went for a bit of a hike. JR, you gave a quick call to your new friend on the force, Chief Stoney, and learned that the call that got Constance in a little bit of trouble oh, yeah. <laughs> had likely come from her neighbor, Ethel. Following your hike, you made your way to Firmament College and elected to go to the old Ponderosa dorm where uh, Alvin and Leon had spent their college heydays. While there, you located a dorm room that appeared to be in some disarray. The door was ajar and broken. As you stepped further in JR, the closet door in the back rolled open and something leapt out at you. Mm. That's where we'll pick up today. Mm, what if it's like a cat? <laughs> what if it's a cat? Just it could a- be a cat. It could be a cat. Quinn, is it a cat? It's Pandora's closet. You'll never know until what's in there and open the door leaps out at you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is happening now. Okay. Uh, r- real quick, can you paint just a picture of like where all of us are in the dorm room? Yeah, absolutely. JR, you are the furthest in. You sort of stepped pretty close to the closet to investigate the hiking Thank you. boots. Fuck me. You're the adult. Yes. Um, <laughs> JR, how old are you again? You're in like your mid-30s? Early 30s, yeah. Early 30s? Okay, yes. Oh. So slight, slightly older than Constance. So JR, you are the furthest in. Uh, Alvin, you, I believe, are still in the doorframe. Mm-hmm. Constance, you are still out in the hallway. I'm smart. That set the scene? <laughs> yeah. Like a smart person. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so disappointed. <laughs> I closed the door. <laughs> Well, enough of that. Slowly, slowly. Oh, no. No, no, Nothing to see in here. Sorry, we've derailed you enough. Yeah, you you can only put this off for so long. Death is inevitable. You're going to die laughing, Quinn. 
We're going to die laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine our characters are like standing around while we're off goofing and they're like, come on, can we get this? Like, there's something in the closet that's about to bite me. Can you just hurry up? (laughs) Yep. All right. Okay, Quinn. (laughs) Okay. So, JR, you're in a an ill-fated position as this closet door scrapes open against the metallic railings, and this figure from the darkness lurches out towards you. You are off guard, and so you're not going to be able to do much, but if you want to try to dive out of the way, I'll let you roll Act Under Pressure to do that. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Act Under Pressure? Yep, roll plus cool. All right. Well... That's a six. <laughs> oh. Yep. On a on a six, I get to take a hard move. Can I help? Uh, Yeah, I think you're close enough. You could potentially help out. How are you helping? Let's see. I could react in such a way to distract whatever's leaping out. If it's leaping out at JR, it may think that JR is the only thing here. So if I give out a yell as well, <laughs> maybe that's startling to it. Yeah, roll to help out. It's also plus cool for help out. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That's um, five. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. What what was was that, Alvin? It was five. Like one less less than I rolled. Well, I I rolled a six. You have to account for that minus one cool. You rolled a six. I do still yell out, though. That still happens. (laughs) You do yell out. I go, ah! <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. Oh. <laughs> okay. JR, you try to spring away. I think you spring backwards, and Alvin, you step forwards, and the two of you just sort of run into one another. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Also, both of you mark experience. Hooray. Yay. Good news. Gonna level yes. up. For later. If we yes. survive. Yeah. yeah. Do you we'll- have to live? We'll deal with that at the end of the episode, if you live. So the two of you sort of collide in your, Alvin, your attempt to help, and JR, your attempt to get away. And this figure springs forward. JR, you feel something heavy strike you in the head, and you take one harm, and you are knocked to the ground in a daze. Alvin, you stumble backwards, and you sort of hit the desk at an awkward angle, and the corner of it just kind of stabs into your back. And you also take one harm. Here's a very important question. Is it a silver desk? (laughs) No, it is not not a silver desk. Then I take one less harm from being immortal. Yes. Yes. So you are okay, but JR, you take one harm and you are knocked to the ground. Great. Alvin, as you snap two, you realize that the person in front of you is not the Strigoi. Oh. But it is Leon. Fucking Leon! And he is wild-eyed, and he is gripping a a metal baseball bat with both hands. And he actually takes, like, a lurching step towards you before you see a look of surprise and recognition come over his face. And there's there's a dull thud as the bat falls to the floor. And he takes three big steps forward towards you again, and then throws both of his arms around you in a big hug. Jesus Christ, Leon, what are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? I mean, you you said this is where I, I don't your the your werewolfism, I guess. You said this is where it started, right? Here at FC, this is where we were living when you dropped out. That's why, right? It was because of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it started here, I thought I maybe there were answers here. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, do you think it's related to why I'm like this? And my claws have, have <laughs> which had shot out at the sign of danger, are slowly squishing themselves back into my fingers. I don't know. I just thought maybe I could find something. But, but you saw it out there, right? The vampire thing that Art Girl was telling us about? I was in here looking, and I saw this broken door, but before I could even get here, I saw it coming up the stairwell. I, I hid in here before it could see me, but it, but it was right out there. Did you really not? And Constance. Oh, no. No, oh, no. God damn it. Uh, as you're listening to this conversation from outside in the hallway, you suddenly feel this sharp pain in your side. And ah. you, you look down and you see that someone has grabbed you by the torso. And, ah. and for a moment, I think there's this, this confusion because you're looking down at these hands and you don't understand where the pain is coming from. And then you see the blood start to seep out through your shirt. And then the doorway is getting smaller and smaller. And you realize that you are being dragged down this hallway towards the stairwell. Please take two harm. Uh, Constance, what do you do? The initial moment of confusion leads to a ah kind of thing, but um, less comical and more terrified. And I'd like to say that as I'm being dragged away, I start violently with whatever force I still have, trying to pad my left side where I have my little like purse thing on me, if it's still there. Because I- Constance, did you bring any weapons with you? Well- (laughs) (laughs) um, To school? Now, monster weapons- no. I didn't think so. Human weapons, for sure. I most definitely have pepper spray, and it is 100% from my mother, because uh, <laughs> to quote her, my neighborhood was going bad. Um, <laughs> yep. So it is the best pepper spray that wealthy firmament money can buy. Okay, I will come up with stats for pepper spray in a moment, because I think that that makes narrative sense, that you would not have any of your weapons, because I don't think we talked about using any, but that you would have pepper spray, because that's definitely something your mom would give you. Oh, yeah. Alvin, as you're speaking to Leon, and he's asking you if you saw this thing, suddenly there is a sharp scream from outside, and JR, I think you are coming to, and you see Leon and Alvin, and you hear this scream. The sound of the yell. I think Alvin jumps right in the hallway. My legs grow a little bit. Knees kind of bend backwards. (laughs) Creepy weirdo. You step out into the hallway and you can see... You step out into the hallway and you can see there is sort of this trail of blood leading away as she is being dragged, kicking and screaming away by this Dragoy. He has his claws dug into her torso and you can see the gleam of the aviators as he is dragging her very, very quickly. Still wearing the aviators. Look, he's not going to sacrifice style, okay? Those shades are super bitchin'. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Strigoi's kind of tall and lanky, right? Yes. Uh, Yeah, Alvin's going to kind of leap and try to tackle the Strigoi. I suppose it may be protect someone. This is definitely a protect someone role. Yeah. Which is plus tough. Finally. (laughs) A roll I'm good at. Quite. 11. Yeah! Okay. When you protect someone and roll plus tough, on a 7 plus, you protect them, but you're going to suffer some or all of the harm. On a 10 plus, uh, you get to choose an extra effect. You suffer little harm. All impending danger is now focused on you. You inflict harm on the enemy, or you hold the enemy back. 
So you definitely are going to protect Constance, Thank you. but you also get yeah. an extra effect. Get an extra thing. I think since Alvin's kind of trying a tackle maneuver, it's uh, you hold the enemy back. Yeah, I like that. Grabbing hold, sinking my own claws into it to try to hang on. So Constance, I think you see Alvin step out of the dorm. And even more so than just a minute ago, he looks bestial. He looks feral. His hair has grown longer, and you can see the claws protruding from the gloves that he's wearing. And he drops to all fours and bounds forward, and in just a few leaps, tackles the Strigoi, and the two of them roll away from you. And Alvin, you tackle this creature, and you pin it to the ground as you do so. A growl in its face. It hisses back in that same unnatural serpentine way. I told you it hissed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think um, because protect someone, you, you're going to take some of the harm. Constance already suffered some, but it does dig its claws into you as you tackle it, and you take one harm. Now, are they silver? Claws? No, they are not silver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, JR. All right. You've sort of stood back up, and, and Leon is looking a bit scared and a bit stunned, and Alvin is ducked out of the room. I lean into Leon, and I go, we'll talk about this later, and I point to the baseball bat, and then I storm out of the room. Um, <laughs> I thought you were a Strigoi! <laughs> um, so how, how far away is it now? I think they're only about 20 feet down the hallway. Okay, I don't really want to take a shot at them because I <laughs> would maybe hit Alvin, although the bullets are not silver, to okay, my knowledge. Okay. Well? Yeah, you know what? My gun only does one harm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shoot at it. <laughs> you, you remember your memory of a few seconds ago when Alvin <laughs> didn't seem that hurt by the table, so... Surely if he gets hit by a bullet, probably fine. <laughs> well, I do. Okay. Well, hold on. You know, I don't think I will fire at it right just yet. I'm going to go over and see how Constance is doing. Thank and, you. And maybe like try and drag her a little bit away from, you know. Always dragging. <laughs> vampire werewolf fight. Oh, God. I've created a Twilight fan fiction. I didn't even mean to. <laughs> Alvin's shirt tears. Oh. His muscles. Mr. shirt tears. Rippling in the what? dim what? light Mr. of Goy the dorm Mr. room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to see if I get Constance away. You don't away. know whose claw is who. <laughs> um, get Constance away from this, but then also, like, I got to call Stoney. He told me really specifically that if I don't call him, he's going to put me under the jail. You go to Constance, you help her up, and you sort of move further down the hallway towards the dorm room where Leon has stepped out, and you reach into the pockets of your smock for your phone and remember that it went sailing over the cliffside. Yep. Rest in peace, Razor Flip Flone. Constance, what are you doing? I think right now I have a lot of adrenaline running, so I probably don't feel much, but can I tell from looking down, like, is this like a... Ooh, I'm going to need a blood donor amount of blood. Is this is this three hamsters? How many hamsters oh, yeah. of blood? <laughs> oh, What's God. The blood here? You are bleeding a lot. In game mechanics terms, two harm doesn't make you unstable, but it's not a, a pretty sight for sure. Thank you, JR, for getting me up. I, I got to ride out the adrenaline while I have it. I don't think that Alvin is going to be uh, okay alone. We, we got to go in there. And I think I yell at Leon to call the police or... 
well, because Constance isn't going to remember or slash know that you had that conversation. So naturally, I'm going to be like, Leon, call, call the police, call, call everybody. And it's like, I don't, I don't have my phone. Can I, have, uh, give me your phone. Constance, oh, give right. me your phone. No. I no. throw my phone. No, Constance. <laughs> well, the, yeah, because I'm confused as to what you're upset about. Yeah, I'm snatching that phone. Okay, I want to clarify here. Constance, did you give the phone to Leon or did you give it to JR? I threw the phone at Leon. I love this. JR, act under pressure to try to grab that phone before Leon gets it. <laughs> so Constance has thrown this phone and it's slow motion sailing through the air. And both you and Leon are reaching for it like arms up. It's a fucking five. <laughs> okay. God damn it. So on a miss, I get to take a hard move. Also mark experience. On a miss, I get to take a hard move which is that Leon grabs the phone. He just leaps forward and he pulls it open and snaps like five pictures. Oh my God. Uh, and then the you can see him punch in 911 and starts dialing. Alvin, Roar. as you are tangling this. with this Strigoi, you have it pinned down for a minute, but it plants both feet on your chest, kicks you off and you land a few feet away. And as you get your bearings and it rights itself and stands back up, it gets a sort of its first full look at you, drops down to all fours and lets out this low, long, rumbling growl that you haven't heard it make before. And it reverberates down this hallway that you're standing in. And Alvin, you feel your hair, which has now grown to an abnormal level for a human, start to stand on end. And as it does so, it grows thicker and, and more pronounced even. And you hear your heartbeat thundering in your eardrums as you square off against this Dragoy. There's a, a look in Alvin's eyes for a moment of fear, but that quickly his pupils morph into vertical slits and <sighs> turn yellow as he thunders on his chest and just leaps at the Estragoy. Roll to kick some ass. Woo! Kick. Uh, nine. On a seven to nine, you inflict harm as established. So the two of you leap into the air and your bodies collide. And there is this loud thunk as the two of you hit one of the walls and just start tearing into each other. Alvin, what is your, what is the harm on your, for your claws? Two harm, and they ignore armor. You drive one of your claws into the Strigoi's body, and you can see this wound open up, but there's no blood coming out of it. Cool. Gross. It's just sort of this open perforation. Gross. And you do it again, and you see that, again, there's almost nothing, and you punch higher up towards where its heart ought to be, and you see this tiny little dribble, but there's almost nothing and it in turn starts ripping into you with its claws these thick blackened long nails and you take two harm and constance and jr you see the two of them just in this fierce melee gross that's all i have to say it's disgusting jr we gotta help him i'm getting that phone from leon i'm getting i don't know if that's a roll to kick some ass or what? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think it's kick some ass unless you want to hurt Leon, which maybe you do. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, uh, don't this, doesn't everybody? Could this be a manipulate somebody? I mean, if you want to like grab it from him, I think it's going to be an act under pressure. If you want to try to persuade him to give it to you, then it's a manipulate someone. Uh, okay. It's all about how how you're going to go about it. I'm going to try and manipulate him, and uh, I'm going to use my move, which is what will convince him to give me that phone. Your grifter ability? Yeah. Okay. You don't know Leon well, but you know two things about him. The first is that he is deeply committed to stories and telling the truth, and there are pictures on that phone that are just wild. The other thing that you know is that Leon is Alvin's best friend, and he already once turned down the biggest story of his life because it would have put Alvin in danger. The way that Leon will give you that phone is if you can convince him that he needs to do it to protect Alvin. Okay, so I am not pointing the gun at him, but I still have the gun in my hand. And I look at Leon, and I go, Leon? If you don't give me that goddamn phone, I need to call somebody who can help us and will also make sure nobody finds out about what's going on with Alvin. Do you want the authorities to know what's going on with Alvin? Because they're not going to see it the same way you and I see it. They're going to think he's dangerous. Now give me that phone. That is a 12. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think that's fitting because it's a very compelling argument. Mm -hmm. And Leon sort of just stares at you blankly for a second. And then he looks back at Alvin, who is very, very wolfish at this point and is battling this undead abomination. And you hear dispatch come on. It says 911 was your emergency. And he takes the phone, hangs up, and he hands it to you. All right. Yeah. I'm just imagining on the dispatch <laughs> on the other end, you're like, hi, 911, who's there? Roar, hiss, crash, crash, crash. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Not great. <sighs> Must have been those punks from the local animal shelter again. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin, the Strigoi sort of pushes you away, and the two of you disengage for just a moment, and it hisses again, and it drops to all fours, but immediately springs up reaches the ceiling and it digs its claws into it and then it digs its feet into it and it starts crawling upside down on the ceiling oh! towards Constance, JR, and Leon. Oh, I don't like this at all. Kay. I don't like this at all. And I think as it does so, those aviators fall away uh. and you can see for the first time its eyes and there's no white to them. It's all this deep orange iris with a snake slit that's completely narrow, and it starts clambering on the ceiling towards the three of them. I'll also growl out, Constance, it doesn't bleed. If that helps anything, I don't know if you read anything about it. It doesn't bleed. It's not bleeding. Boy, that would be a nice thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think Consta Constance thinks. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> uh, I think Constance thinks that internally and chuckles a little bit, but doesn't actually have the wherewithal to say that out loud. I'm uh, all <laughs> if you got any great ideas. As soon as I see it pop up 
onto the ceiling and I hear Alvin's thing about the blood, I start to remember some of those weird stories and and that that passage I read and I go head okay it's the head the head is weak it wears aviators why does it do that and as it's within range of me I would like to lift up the pepper spray that I found in my wallet and my goal is to spray it in the eyes based on the knowledge of like something with the head, but I'm a little fuzzy right now. And (laughs) this is the best way to protect myself. And is there any way I could convince you that's an act under pressure? (laughs) So here's what I'll give you. (laughs) What I have come up with for pepper spray is as a stat line for the weapon. Uh, Pepper spray is a zero harm, close blinding. All right. You could potentially get this Dragoi before it could get you. And because of that, I will make it an act under pressure. Specifically because a nightmare vampire is crawling on the ceiling towards you, and you're going to need to keep your cool in this situation to pull this off. It's kind of more of a defensive move than an offensive attack, right? Exactly. So go ahead and roll plus cool. Dope, dope, dope. Now... Because I'm doing this because I've read about this sort of thing. About oh, yes, the head. you have your move. Special yeah. Move. So I get to roll plus sharp. Yes. <laughs> this is all my plan. Okay. That is a 10. Whoa. All right. Okay. On a 10 plus, you do what you set out to do. So this thing is clambering on the ceiling towards you, and you pull out your pepper spray, and a big jet shoots out towards it and strikes it in the face. And it screams and drops to the ground in front of you. And you can see those big harvest moon eyes are red and puffy. Aww, I'm surprising. Is this your no, new don't. pet? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on, Quinn. His little eyes um, hurt. It does not appear to have had the same effect as it would have on a human, because it is pretty quickly on its feet again. But it appears that you've inhibited it a little bit. Can I say that this is the moment that I actually look around me and realize that JR is not next to me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a few feet in front of you and JR is like five feet back and Alvin's like 10 feet ahead of you. So it's it's you did and Mr. Goy that oh. you just pepper sprayed. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, wow, did you see that? J- oh, oh, no. <laughs> I see it fall from the ceiling and kind of give another uh, roar. And be like, that'll do. And I'm going to jump right back on its back. Alvin is feeling the bloodlust. Okay, go ahead and roll to kick some ass again. Yikes. Glad I got a plus two. Seven. So you you inflict harm as established. Yep. I think you get the jump on it a little bit and briefly pin it, but it, it sort of rolls back around and the two of you are just once again tearing at each other. Alvin, take two harm and okay. you deal another two harm to the Strigoi. Again, these large sort of lacerations open up over the Strigoi's body, but even as these wounds open, they look almost semi-healed already. They look like a cut that's been there for a day. I give another look to Constance and be like, any ideas? Huh? What? Come on, think. JR? All right. JR, you're calling Stoney? Yep. It rings two or three times, and actually, I think it only rings once, and you hear Stoney come on the line and say, Hello, JR. Remember how you told me to give you a call? 
Uh, I'm giving you that call. We're at the dorms, and there is a thing here that's attacking us, and you should get here because somebody already called 911. Not me, though. I remember what you said. I remember very clearly. Anyway, uh, yes. Is it the thing? Yeah, it's the thing, and you should hurry. It's not going well. I'm on my way, and the phone line goes dead. Do I have enough time to take a shot at the Strigoi? Uh, sure, yeah. All right. This is kicks mass, which I am not very good at. <laughs> we'll see. At least I had a good roll to get the phone. I did say JR, like in a way of like JR help. Would that count as my often right? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, dang it. Well, that's a four. Ah. On a miss, I get to take a hard move. Shit. Which is that you hang up on, on the line with Stony and you pull your revolver out and you open fire and Alvin and the Strigoi are still trading blows and you <gasps> strike Alvin. <gasps> so what is the harm on your weapon? It's a it's a one harm. Oh. Hey. Just a little little love tap. <laughs> you see the bullets bury themselves into Alvin's shirt, but there's no blood that comes out, which I think might be a little alarming to you as well. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> he seems unfazed by taking three or four bullets in the back. Yeah, it's a little weird. What the hell? But as this happens, the Sturgoy sort of spins him around and tosses him. Ooh. And it looks at Constance and Constance knocks you aside with a forearm and pins you into the wall. And JR, it leaps towards you. Shit. And almost in the same way as it did before with that cat-like leap, pins you down and starts tearing into you and you take two harm. I am now unstable. Ooh. Yeah. Do you want to explain to the to the listening audience what unstable means? So once you reach four harm, your wounds are now considered unstable, which means that if you don't get medical treatment, they will continue to get worse and you will continue to take harm until you die. So JR, I think it's not just reminiscent of what happened before. It just goes for the same spots. It knows where it struck you before and it tears Ugh. into those stitches and oh. they just burst open. Uh. Fucking great. Ah, oh, it's Stony's hard work. Oh, <laughs> there are these just ribbons of blood that paint the walls around this hallway. All right, I'm screaming a whole lot. Just like imagine the dulcet <laughs> tones of JR shrieking because this hurts a whole lot. And it flies pretty much ever in Constance. I think some of it gets on you and some of it gets on yeah. Leon, who like takes a step back and screams. And it's got JR pinned pretty good. Help me. Alvin will call out, Leon, home run derby. Uh, you'll have to explain what that means to me, Quinn. So oh, that Leon can... has a baseball bat, doesn't he? I think he dropped it in the room. Yeah, he dropped oh, it when we scared him. <laughs> yeah. He'll go back and get it if you want him to, like if you ask him to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we need all hands on deck, I think. Leon looks at you and you can see the fear in his eyes, but nods and blitzes past the Strigoi back into the dorm room. And you can hear the soft grating of metal on linoleum as he picks up the bat. Go for the head! Go for the head! But that's that's all he's gonna do for now. Oh, okay. Okie dokie! Can I go for the head? Can I follow her her correct instructions? My often right instructions. Um, yeah, sure. It is I'm not gonna advice. let you do this all combat, but... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if this is the instance that you want to use this, you can use your often right ability because you are right. You distinctly recall from reading your Boonies books that you need to remove the head and burn the body or the Strigoi will not die. 
So if this is sort of your, your often right guidance, then yeah, you can get a plus one, Alvin. I think it kind of makes sense too, because it's a corrective measure. Alvin's been just like wildly stabbing with claws. Yeah. So Sweet. now he's got helpful guidance. That's way better. Holy crap, that's a 13. Yeah. Woo! All right. So on a on a 10 plus, you inflict harm, but you also get to choose an extra effect. Hot Please dog. get it off me. Take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another hunter. You can inflict terrible harm, which is plus one harm. You will suffer less harm or you force them where you want them. I mean, I'm tempted to do suffer less harm because I'm close to unstable as well. But I think the instructions, the situation, and the bloodlust would lead Alvin to leap and try to grasp the neck of the Strigoi, claws out, and try to hurl it away from JR. So that's you force them where you want them, I assume? Yeah. Okay, you do so. You um, leap forward and you grab the Strigoi by the neck and dig your claws into it, and you pull it off of JR and hurl it away. As you do so, it rakes you as well. Again, you're going to suffer two harm. Uh, there's unstable. That's a four. Oh, boy. So you're tougher than you, you imagine. You're tougher than you ever thought you would be. But this ongoing melee with this creature is taking its toll, and you f- start to feel weak. Yeah. Same effect of clawing at its neck. Same thing with the wounds. Yes, you can see the wounds that you inflicted. They remain open but unbloodied. Mm-hmm. Again, like as though you had cut into a body post-mortem. Um, as though yep. you had wounded someone that was already dead and exsanguinated. Good word. Jair's real not doing well. I mean, we're, none of us are. <laughs> but I'd like to try and, like, I've already called for help. So in theory, Stony should be here soon. Um, but I'd like to try and, like, I've still got my skeleton key in my pocket. And I want to try and do some magic. I want to see if I can damage it using magic. So it sounds like the effect that you're trying to do is just inflict harm. Yep. Yep. I just want to hurt it. Okay. What do you, I mean, what do you do? Tell me how this works. Because uh... you've, you've done magic exactly once before with this key. You know it opens doors. You know it opens a lot of doors. Right. But magic is new. So what do you, what do you do? Okay, so last time I basically threw up my hand and said stop, and it stopped it. So I think this time I'm going to hold up my hand and go, no. <laughs> okay. Alvin sits down. <laughs> good good boy, Alvin. All right, let's see if this does what I want it to do. I've not been rolling super well this time. Yep, roll plus weird. Okay, that's a nine. On a seven to nine, it works, but it's imperfect. Okay. Choose your effect, which is inflict harm, and a glitch. And I get to decide how the glitch plays out. Great. So the glitches are, the effect is weakened. The effect is of a short duration. You take one harm, ignore armor. The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention, or it has a problematic side effect. Let's say problematic side effect. So JR, you pull out your key and you shout no. What does it look like when you do this magic? I don't think there's really a whole lot of flash or flare or anything that goes on with it. The key's gonna glow, because that's what it does when it sort of does magic. And I imagine it kind of like, a bit like, kind of just like a ripple going through the air, but there, there's not, like, there's not gonna be a flash, there's not gonna be sparkles, there's not gonna be light or anything like that. You see this shockwave pulse out mm-hmm. from the skeleton key, and it strikes the Strigoi, and you see another laceration open up. And it looks confused, almost like it doesn't really understand what you did. Mm -hmm. And then it sees the key 
and it drops down to all fours in a, in a crouch like it's ready to pounce. And you, you're holding the key out, and you can see around the sort of exterior, the sigils glowing. And again, you don't really understand what they say, but you can make them out pretty clearly. And as you're looking at them, it's getting hotter. It's, it's hotter than last time, and, and suddenly it's too hot to hold. And you drop the key to the ground, and it starts to smoke on the carpet. And you see the Strigoi lunge for it. God damn it! I think it's at this moment also that Leon comes wheeling yeah! out of the dorm room. Yeah, my boy. And I mean, let's all calm down. It's just Leon. <laughs> Leon, Leon, Leon. I like how Constance is still skeptical. <laughs> yeah, Constance does not. It's gonna take a lot to to get Leon warmed up for her. I'm not real happy about it, but I'll take any help. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> So Leon rounds the corner and the four of you are squared up on one side of the hallway closer to the dorm room. And the Strigoi, not far away, is bounding towards this scorching hot key that Jahar has just dropped on the ground. What do you do? I mean, I'd like to try to intercept the Strigoi. Alvin, Leon sort of rounds the corner out, looks at you, sees the look in your eye, and leaps forward as you leap forward, and the two of you jump towards this key as the Strigoi goes. Just like old times. Uh, I guess not really at all like old times. <laughs> so he's he's leaping towards the key? He's leaping forward. I, do, I don't think he understands what the key is, why it's important, but right. he's seen you sure. like jumping forward and he's also ready to engage the Strigoi. He doesn't really understand what the key is. I think with that realization that you had mentioned of the level of his his wounds kind of brings Alvin back in a little bit and he remembers what they learned about cutting off the head and he pulls out his big knife and he would like to kind of leap well while doing that leaping to intercept the Strigoi and he'd like to try to pin it with one clawed hand and try to drive the knife into its neck with the other one. So you can get to the Strigoi or the key, but you're you're not going to be able to do both. Right. Yeah. I think I think Alvin also, similar to Leon, doesn't really know what the deal with the key is. This is the first time he's seen it do anything or even really see it. I don't think Alvin's seen this key before. Yeah. You saw it open the door, but you haven't seen it do any magic. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did see it open the door. Although um, arguably opening the door is magic, although just a different kind. It's pretty <laughs> magic because it's like a skeleton key that opened an electronic door. Yeah. Pretty That's kind of weird. Even so, I think Alvin is still, like, zeroed in on this on this monster. Okay, definitely roll to kick some ass. And uh, take plus one because you have Leon with you. Although, forewarning, if things go badly, they will also go badly for Leon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nine. Um, on a seven- oh, wait, with the plus one, you said plus one. I did. A ten. Okay. Uh-huh. On a ten plus, you both inflict harm, and you get to choose an extra effect- Take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another hunter. You can inflict terrible harm. You can suffer less harm or you can force them where you want them. I think in this case with what I described, it's kind of inflict more harm. Yeah, I think it it should be inflict terrible harm. Yeah. So you leap forward and the Sturgoy, I think, sees you and sees that it's not going to make it to the key in time and pulls up. And Leon hits it with his bat, but 
it doesn't really even seem to phase this creature. You hear the sound of metal hitting dull flesh, but there's no reaction. And instead, the two of you monstrous creatures collide again just in front of the key, and you stab it in the neck with your big knife. What's, What's the harm rating on your big knife? The big knife is just one harm. So with your plus one, that deals two harm. Correct. I think your ferocity probably even alarms you at this point. You punch it through the throat and get its head about halfway off. Woo! And it digs its claws into you, but it's not nearly as as strong as it was. That's good. You do still take two harm, but you can feel the vitality, the ferocity of this creature fading. Its head sort of lulls to the side a little bit, and it scurries away and holds up a hand and writes its head, oh. and is sort of holding it in place. Ah. Like a nearly headless Nick situation. Ah. Yes. <laughs> and as it does that, for the first time you see what might resemble a human emotion in this creature's face, and it is fear. I give it a big roar. We'll add that in post. (laughs) Without pause, it turns and starts sprinting down the hallway. I ain't gonna fly. What do you do? I'm gonna snatch the key back up. You grab it and it is hot. And if you try to hold onto it, it's gonna hurt you. Can I stuff it in my pocket? If you pick it up, it's gonna hurt you. Like, is it going to hurt me or is it going to hurt me where you're going to make me mark a harm? Like, like how much is it really going to hurt me? Like, is it going to hurt it me? It is like em- touching a oven that has been on Shit. for hours. Shit. It's literally smoking and like singeing the carpet. So I go to pick it up and I drop it again because it's still hot. I don't think I'm really in much of a position to go chasing after it since I'm unstable. Don't you have a gun? For the record, Alvin, I believe, is in the worst spot, which is five harm. Oh, boy. I am at five. Oh, God. So much blood. And four is unstable, and seven is dead. Great. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to shoot at this Dragari then. Shoot its head off. All right. Shoot its head off. Shoot its head off. Okay. That's a three. Okay. Another experience. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Who did you shoot? And it's going to level up twice. (laughs) I might. I might. So just to set the record straight a little bit here, this wouldn't be a kick some ass because you're not within range, but I do think it would be an act under pressure oh, to, okay. to get your well, shot then it's off. A four. <laughs> it's a four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better. Cool, 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 cool. Excellent. Uh, that does mean you're not going to suffer harm because the Strigoi is not close enough to harm you, and it's actively attempting to get away. Right. But I do need to come up with a hard move. So I think everyone is on edge. Is that fair? That's fair. Yes. yes. Yeah. And bleeding. Yeah. Except the Strigoi. Anyway, sorry. And Leon. No, but the Strigoi <laughs> is in bad shape. And yeah. I think part of what's put you on edge is the fact that you basically have decapitated this thing and it just held its head in place and is running away in a deeply macabre scene. And so, JR, again, I think you find yourself slightly flustered. You open fire as this thing is running away, and Alvin and Leon have just sort of jumped out ahead, and you wing Leon in the shoulder, and he goes down. Shit! You shot both of us. The only person (laughs) I haven't shot is Constance. Just you wait, Constance. And the the monster. (laughs) You hit him in the shoulder, so you don't know how bad it is, but he screams and falls. 
Somebody else want to do something? Somebody else want to try and be a hero? Because uh, I'm not doing super well at it. Okay, so Constance sees this happen in her kind of in and out of reality because she's going to probably pass out soon phase. She makes Constance a- has suffered the least harm of anybody. <laughs> yeah, but Constance is a little a little lightweight in the... <laughs> in the blood Look, having. everyone <laughs> feels their 1 to 10 pain scale differently. Constance is a a little bit of a wimp, okay? Okay, fair enough. First, she makes a mental note. Mm, Teach JR forward and to the (laughs) left. You know, the hunting principle. Uh, I think I've got my pepper spray and nothing else on me, and this thing is running away. I I move around along the wall. I find the very regulation-placed fire alarm, and I pull it. And my hope is that it's one of those fire alarms that automatically triggers the sprinklers. But I'm basically, I'm trying to startle the Strigoi as it's running away. Hmm. Okay. Bold move. I'm trying to decide if this is a roll. And here's what I'll say. Alvin, you're going after the Strigoi, right? Yeah, he was chasing after the Strigoi. Leon's yell. I haven't decided if that's going to stop him or not. I'm still thinking about it. Well, I'm going to call you up for a decision here. Because okay. I think the effect Got of it. Constance's action is going to be a bonus to your, like, catching this Strigoi before it gets away. I think what it is, is as he's kind of bounding after the Strigoi, he sees Leon go down, sees JR with gun outstretched. <laughs> um, it knows that JR also shot him earlier. <laughs> and I think the quick mental calculation is that as long as the Strigoi is still up, JR is going to keep missing. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got to get the Strigoi down quickly. So I can shoot so it. So he's going to double his efforts to run fast. And he could do a, I mean, I could pull out the No Limits move as well, similar to what we did for the police station. I think No Limits is the perfect move for this because you are trying to keep up with a supernaturally fast creature. And I think the only yep. way you can do it is to be supernatural. So roll plus weird, roll no limits and take plus one because as this alarm goes off and the sprinkler system does go on overhead, this Strigoi pauses for a half second to look back, cradling its head in its hand. (laughs) I just had a funny image of it, holding its head and turning its head backwards. Yeah. Just pivoting around on his half neck. It's a deeply weird (laughs) visual. Okay. So that's good. Roll plus weird and uh, take a plus one bonus. Knock on wood, but I'm excited about this roll. Whoop, whoop. That is a 12. It is 8 plus 4. What does it look like, Alvin? I think as the Strigoi is stopping and pivoting its head around, it exposes the, the last half of its neck, and Alvin, on all fours, bounding towards the Strigoi, does a leap up and off of the wall and hits it horizontally with its claws uh, striking directly at the neck. And you part this pallid flesh from the shoulders to the neck and the Strigoi's head rolls off to the ground. Yeah! Woo! And the body stumbles backwards into the stairwell and collapses. Huh. All right. Burn it! And Constance, as you say that, you see the eyes of the Strigoi flip to you. Ah, fuck. 
and its mouth starts to move. And you can hear in deep, low tones these strange intonations and incantations in a language that you don't recognize. What do you do? I look at it and say, Chefachaicha, Belumasta. If it understands, it doesn't appear to respond. I assume that was Romanian. It was, yes. Is it saying what it was saying to me back in the alleyway? No. So there is a severed head on the ground that is talking. <laughs> um, I kick it down the hallway back like a soccer ball. <laughs> oh my goodness, okay. It's not even a move. You just kick this head and it rolls down the hallway. <laughs> oh, we're all going to need so much therapy. JR and Constance... You see this this newly severed head <laughs> reciting these Changing incantations, <laughs> and Alvin, who just decapitated it, comes back and just soccer boots it towards you, and this this head speaking these rituals is flying towards you. All right, hold on, I got something. Uh, so I'm gonna pick up the uh, the aviators. Don't shoot no, no, it. No, no, no. I'm gonna pick up the aviators <laughs> where they fell off of the Strigoi, and I'm gonna go well. Really looks like you lost your head and then put them on. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to turn into a Strigoi. God. Okay, roll plus so cool. Join the stri- <laughs> uh, <laughs> to see how cool this is, roll plus cool. <laughs> it's a seven. Okay. Uh, it's, well, that's yeah. mixed it's cool. a mixed success. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. You can choose to impress one of the three people around you. Leon, Alvin, or Constance? You just shot. Uh, I think I want to make Leon think I'm cool because I did just shoot him in the shoulder. <laughs> Leon gives so you Leon time. gives you like a thumbs up from his like supine position, ble- so bleeding on the in carpet. The last like ten seconds, you shoot Leon, put on sunglasses, and give him like a, a okay sign. Yes. While you yourself are like, also bleeding. Yep. Like, don't worry. This I meant to do yep. this. Oh God. Um. um Okay, let's let's return to reality here. <laughs> it's okay. Was it burn the head or burn the body? I remember it I was had, burn. I the thought it was head. burn the body. I had in my notes to kill is remove oh, okay. the head and burn the body. Well, yes. then yeah, we should burn burn the body. Go burn the body. You yell that out. Alvin will grab the body and huck it down the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. I have no fire. <laughs> so this head goes sailing towards JR and Constance, <laughs> and I think it just rolls to a stop in front of you, and it is continuing these words, and then suddenly it stops. And then its mouth opens wide. You can see the rows of teeth, and you can even see behind them a second row of humanoid teeth that have sort of shrunk back in this mouth. And as it opens its mouth, you start to see this strange substance emerge. It's difficult to put your finger on on even like a shape, but it's somewhere between a cloud and a pattern of light. Uh-oh. It's wispy and ephemeral, and it is starting to pour out of this Strigoi's head. That's not good. Alvin, you mm. chuck the body down the stairs, <laughs> unless you weren't serious about that. I think at the burn the body, does uh, in Alvin's memory of, of living here in this dorm, was there a kitchen anywhere in the dorm, or was there like a 
cafeteria with a kitchen nearby. I think there is a cafeteria at the first floor, and I think that you would be safe to assume that a cafeteria means there's a kitchen. So I guess he'll hold up the body and be like, does anybody have fire for this? Uh, I will remind you that the overhead sprinklers are on because Constance pulled the fire away. Okay. And my key's all hot. Yes. Uh... Yeah, I think the kitchen might be the closest thing that we can get to that could feasibly burn it. We could go down a floor, maybe. I don't. Yeah, just go down a floor or a kitchen. I think keeping them separate is important too. I'm nervous that it can do some sort of weird voodoo to put itself back together if given Mm -hmm. the chance. I'm worried it's going to try and take over somebody. Like the the steam's going to go into somebody else, and then we're going to get another struggle. Oh yeah, I'm definitely worried about that too. I'm just also worried about having the body and the head in the same place. Well, ultimately, Alvin, you're the one who is near it. it. your decision, yep. what you do. Rightio. I'll grab it, give a little howl, and bound off towards the cafeteria. All right. Alvin, you heave this body, and you take off downstairs. Constance, JR, there is a severed head in front of you, and it appears to be leaking something, something strange. <laughs> and uh, that something is gathering at its base. Do you we think should we could go. throw a blanket over it? I'm just saying so it's not able it's, to have contact with the air. It's not going to come rolling towards like, us. Just like, I think we should go. Okay. Okay, here. I take off my jacket and I hand it to you. If you want to cover it up, you can cover it up. But I think we should- You're right. You're right. I throw the jacket onto the head and start motioning for us to go the other way. Okay. My thought is that if Alvin can get the job done or we go downstairs and help him get the job done, we probably will have time to investigate the head after- okay. I I haven't read anything about it not... I, I don't know anything about, like... I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to... Constance, you have, a, you have a move that you could use if you wanted to learn more or know more. As in past lives? Yes. <laughs> your lore library is not your only reference point for this Strigoi. That's a good point. And up until now, Constance has a used her pepper spray, and pulled a fire alarm. So maybe it's Constance's <laughs> turn to try to do something more helpful. <laughs> yeah, I think as we're like, we're hesitating, and uh, Constance would like to use past lives. So I think you and JR are standing in front of this head, and you are just lost. No, no fairy tales prepared you for this. And in that moment of utter confusion you feel a presence world plus weird oh good god that's a four uh, um you have luck you have luck <laughs> i have you do luck. have luck we haven't really talked about luck but basically all characters have a certain amount of it i think it's seven points correct and you can use luck to automatically turn any failure into success or to negate any harm from a single attack. But when you run out of luck, you are doomed, which means I can make a hard move whenever I want. So it's a, it's a very finite resource, but I believe no one has used any luck. So Constance, would you like to use luck? I would like to cash in one luck point, please. <laughs> okay. With a uh, full success using luck. The past life has something useful to offer. You can ask the keeper two of the questions below. What did a past life discover about blank? How did a past life deal with blank? What important hidden secret can a past life show me the way to? What did a past life learn too late to help them? 
or what can specific past life blank tell me? That last one isn't really applicable because you really only have one past life for now anyway. Uh, but those first four, certainly. And I get to fill in the blank? Yeah, I assume the blank is Strigoi, but... <laughs> well... <laughs> it can be more specific, tell me. too. Okay, I was going to say, how did a past life deal with... My mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck this Strigoi situation. Like, I can deal with that in one question. I want to know how Booney dealt with my hey, mother. Listen. <laughs> you got two questions to ask, right? Like... <laughs> Oh my god, that is true. I have two. I can burn one. No. Um, what important hidden secrets can a past life show me the way to? And what did a past life discover about the Strigoi head? Constance, you feel this presence, and then suddenly everything goes black. JR, you see... As you're getting ready to sort of hightail it out of there, you see Constance suddenly lean against the wall looking very lightheaded, and then her eyes roll back into their sockets and she slumps down. Yeah. Constance, you are in your studio and there is sunlight streaming in through the windows. Your eyes are drawn to the flash of movement and you see a young girl reaching for a polished elk antler that's mounted on the wall. You hear yourself say in this strange, deep voice that isn't yours, Listen here, little one. I told you not to play with those antiques. If you don't behave yourself, then the Strigoi is going to appear at night and gobble you up. And you hear this little girl say, What's a Strigoi? It's a monster. A terrible one that rides dead bodies like horses. Don't worry, though. Your boonie will keep you safe. And then, in a flash, it's gone and you're somewhere else. It's nighttime, and the only thing that you can see in the tar-thick darkness is a small flame that's standing idly beside you. And from the shadows comes this tall, lean man with thick, dark hair, and in one hand he's dragging a blood-stained burlap sack that appears to have something large and very heavy in it. The other is clutching a clump of stringy hair that is attached to a severed head. The man nods grimly, and he heaves the sack towards you, and you raise this light that you're holding, and suddenly a gout of fire springs forth to embrace this decidedly body-shaped bag. But as that happens, this severed head begins to whisper in ragged breaths, and suddenly this wispy multicolored cloud billows out of its mouth and disappears into the night sky. You look at this man, and he is crestfallen. And that scene, too, fades away. And suddenly you're back. <sighs> uh, can't explain where I went, but we have to burn that body before it finishes that incantation. We have to stop it from finishing that incantation that is how the Strigoi will escape and do this all over again. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm following you. You can tell me where you went later. Can we contain <laughs> the wispy thing? What if we... We can't let this, like, cloud of puff stuff dissipate. It can't be let to finish its little ritual. I mean, I don't really know if I want to touch it, because it might... It, it might be real gross and potentially deadly. Well, I'm worried yes, that the, the wispy sure. stuff is going to get on me. 
Let's jump to Alvin. Alvin, you have reached the first floor of Ponderosa Hall and made your way through the darkened entryway over to the food court. I want to look around to kind of where the food comes out. If there's like a a counter where they put out late night pizzas or something like that, I want to go behind the counter. You can see a handful of classic kitchen doorways, the like thick, durable plastic ones that just sort of bend as opposed to actually open like full doors. You can see two or three of those all leading back to one area that you're pretty darn sure is where the kitchen is and where that kitchen equipment would be. Yep, I go right through the closest door. It is dark, but you can still make out from the sensors that are on and the indicator lights that are on, the metallic gleam of various industrial appliances, big sinks and giant ranges and ovens and dishwashers, everything that you would need to feed hundreds of students uh, on any given day. And you flip on the lights and this room comes to life in front of you. I'd like to open up an oven, pull out all the trays and try to stuff this body inside, (laughs) trying not to think too closely about what it looks like. Yeah, there's no roll here. You do it. You push this body inside, you crank the heat, and now all you can do is wait. I want to see if I can find a, like, pen and paper and try to write an out of order sign always thinking of others okay this, <laughs> this is very good constance jr the incantations have stopped but i haven't seen the cloud go up like i did in my no it hasn't and it's still coming out okay. it doesn't appear to be happening nearly as quickly And as more of this accumulates, it's taking on a different form. It's not so much of a a fog as it is almost like a a pattern of light or like a bubble, but not so much static or self-contained as it is fluttering and blurring and shifting on the ground. Okay, I've got an idea. We'll see how this goes. I'm going to try to use magic on it. I know that the key is hot. I'm hoping it's cooled down a little bit. But honestly, at this point, I think this is the option to go for. Besides hitting it with a baseball bat, which we could still do. I don't want to take that fully off the table. But one of the things that I can do under magic, assuming it works, is trap a specific person, minion, or monster. And so I think what I'd like to do is try and trap it before the smoke goes somewhere else. So you, you're grab like, pick up the key and... Yeah. Okay. You run over and grab the key, and it is, it's still hot for sure. Okay. And it hurts holding it in your hand. Yeah. But you grit your teeth, and you pick it up, and you point it at this severed Sturgoy head that is spilling out this bizarre substance, and what do you say? I point to it, and I go, stay. Yes. And that's a six. You know what? Let's we'll we'll go ahead and use a luck point. Now, just so folks at home who are listening, um, as a crooked special, whenever I spend a luck point, somebody from my past will reappear in my life and it just says soon. So <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. real cool. Alright, I'm gonna use a luck point so it, it goes straight to twelve. JR, you grab this key and it it's hot. It burns you. You take one harm from grabbing it and holding onto Excellent. it, but you point it at the Sturgoy and you shout, stay. And as you clasp it in your hand, you can see this light coming from it. And you know you know what it is, even though you can't see it through your own hands, you know that it's those sigils and you can feel the heat intensifying. And for a second, nothing seems to happen. 
and you think maybe it's gone wrong. You think maybe your luck's run out. But then this strange substance, which now has gathered in, in a pool, and you can see actually, as it's gathered, it's gained this form to it, this swirl of prismatic colors. And it's almost like looking at like a photo negative, but all the shades and hues are starting to shift and change. And it's semi-transparent and what little you can see through it in the background is changing too. And it's moving in these sort of strange configurations that don't seem to make sense, but at the same time feel right as you hold them in your eyes. And this cloud, as you point the key at it, starts to quiver and pulsate and spasm and then it starts to spasm more quickly and it starts to flail wildly and then it starts to recede back into this severed head whoa sorry we're all just i'm taken aback (laughs) by the visual and i think it's at that moment elvin you're downstairs in the kitchen just waiting and upstairs Constance you're still recovering from this vision that you receive and JR you're holding this key as it burns as it sears into your hands and then you see this shape start to burn it's slow at first around the edges you can see this red orange glow then quickly it begins to pick up speed suddenly the whole thing is a flame and then in a flash it's gone oh fuck i look at that and i drop the key you look down at your hand and you can see about half the symbols burnt into your flesh huh maybe we should have hit with a baseball bat <laughs> Constance kneels down next to JR and like puts her hand on JR's back and just kind of does like a attempt at a, a a friendly pat. You did it. Yeah, you'll uh, forgive me if I don't hug you back. These are a little crispy right now. Do you know first aid? I don't think any of us are in a position to give each other first aid. I believe I have some of your insides on me. <laughs> so. Alvin will be limping back up the stairs, and I want to go check on Leon. Oh, shit! (laughs) Poor Leon! I totally forgot him. He got shot! I mean, he's fine. By somebody. You make it back up to the third floor, and you see a small fire just in the center of the hall, and JR and Constance are awkwardly embracing in front of it. And Leon, gunshot wound to the shoulder, is, is laying about 10 feet ahead of them towards you in the hall. Hey, Alvin. Seems like it may have worked. Think so. As far as I'm concerned, this totally makes up for the whole shooting half-team thing. I don't feel very (laughs) good. Yeah. Shouldn't the police be here by- Shouldn't the fire department be here by now? What do I fucking hope? (laughs) At least. So if we need an ambulance. Leon, are you okay? Leon stirs a little bit and with one arm outstretched gives a high five. And then coughs, and you can see this spurt of blood come out. Fuck. It's going to be okay, buddy. Pressure on the wound? Yep. Yep. Pressure on the wound. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. We all put pressure on all of our wounds. (laughs) We're in a circle putting pressure on each other. Except for me, because my hand is burned. I think the four of you come together, and it's not too much longer before Chief Stoney appears in the entryway to the stairwell. 
and bounds towards the four of you. Hey, Stony. Good to see you. Please tell me you brought an ambulance. We're all dying. (laughs) 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 I think Stony looks at the four of you. He's got a bit of a grimace on his face. He says, is it dead? Alvin nods solemnly. Yeah, I'd say, say, yeah, it's dead. We burn the body. We cut off the head. Why? why? Before it could disappear. Never mind. I don't. Okay. Come on. We got it. You got to get out of here. We got to get you out of here right now. Come on. Follow me. Alvin uh, helps Leon up arm over the shoulder. I think Constance and I are kind of supporting each other. Yep. And he leads you to a emergency stairwell. And he turns to you, JR, and says, just get off campus. I'll take care of the rest. You got it, Chief Stoney. I think the arrival of these police vehicles, which you can hear towards the front of the dorm, draws the attention away from an already underpopulated campus, and you're able to slip away. You're able to get medical treatment for your injuries, and I think you're able to come up with a story that is maybe not convincing, but you don't seem to get the heat that you ought to for it. Hmm, wonder how that could have... uh... I'm going to ask the question I usually ask, but I guess with bigger stakes... What's next? This has all happened in the span of like two and a half days, maybe Mm -hmm. two days. Constance would probably want the three of us to sit down and ask ourselves if we think this is really the end of the occurrences in Firmament or just the beginning. We've seen it now, so we can't pretend like we haven't. So what do we want to do about it? But she wants to definitely take a nap first. (laughs) She is opening her studio to these folks who have now saved her life in many ways. But that would be Constance's go-to. It'd be like, I want to rest. I want to come back fresh-faced and showered Mm -hmm. and preferably not covered in blood and talk about whether we can pretend like Firmament is normal after this. In the same vein, Alvin would kind of sheepishly be like, I don't may sound forward, but... um." After all that we've seen, would you mind, uh, could I just crash at your place for a little while? Yeah. JR's kind of an asshole, so she just kind of assumed she'd still be staying at your place. <laughs> <laughs> She's already grabbed a closet yep. space and hung yep. up all her yep. PJs. Um, but I want to find out some more about the key. You know, I've got this thing burned into my hand now. It's not something I was able to do before, and so I'd like to see if I can figure out what it is that I can do and what the limitations are on it. But- for the time being, I take very long showers. Yeah, we're going to have to talk very about your showers. part of the electric and water <laughs> bill. I think as we draw to the end of our first mystery, that is the scene that we see. The three of you, somewhat improbably, at Constance's studio. This eclectic, bohemian, too small for three people space. JR hanging up her suits and laying out her gear. Alvin out on the the small back patio, trimming all of the hair that has grown on his body. Constance nursing a headache and taking some tums and thumbing through all the books from her boonie that she hasn't looked through in a while. And as the three of you start to have those conversations about what comes next, we fade away. And then we fade into a different scene. We see the prospector 
back to its dingy, divey self. The regular crowd of ne'er-do-wells milling between the booths and the pool tables. There's a, a plastic pitcher on the bar that's filled with crumpled bills and loose change. And there's a sign next to it that reads, Get well soon, Jasper. Aww. A thick hand drops a $20 bill into it, and we follow it to see Chief Stoney as he saddles up to the bar. He orders a drink and starts leafing through a copy of the Firmament Daily Herald. And when he reaches the police blotter, he pauses, and we can see over his shoulder the lead story in big, bold letters. FPD identifies tourist Alex Lupel as suspect in homicide case. Whereabouts of John Rollins, a possible second victim, remain unknown. We see Jasper sitting in a hospital bed at Firmament General. He's hooked up to an IV, and there are monitors churring away in the background. He's awake, but weary. A bandage covering his shoulder is stained with a blossom of crimson. He snaps to attention, however, when the door opens and a figure steps inside. Jasper eyes Leon with eagerness and apprehension as the young reporter takes a seat next to the bed and draws a laptop from his bag. Every inch of it is decorated with stickers, including a large faded jackalope decal and a shiny new one in all capital letters that reads simply, I want to believe. Leon flips open the laptop and shows the screen to Jasper. He stares at it for a moment and then nods as his apprehension melts away and is replaced with a steely resolve. And we see Magda Rodescu sitting alone in her study, illuminated only by the flickering light of the nearby fireplace. There's an old scrapbook open in her lap. The photos inside are all black and white, and the pages are beginning to yellow and curl. Her hand rests on one in particular, partially obscuring it. It's a portrait of a young couple standing outside a small farmstead. The woman bears a striking resemblance to Magda and Constance both, albeit with a hardened look about her. Le Man is tall and angular and sporting a rugged beard. And for a moment, Magda tightens her grip and her fingernail presses into the film, threatens to pierce it. And then, with a ragged sigh, she lets go. And we see the missing piece of the picture. Two little girls in matching outfits posing for a family photo.